It's a little steamy in the RV of love for another edition of Turned On, the podcast. Hi there, it's the Milkman, John Milky. She is Sue McGarvey. Hello, hello. What are we going to talk about today? We need to get into it. So, festival time. I know Blues Fest opens in my neck of the woods, but there's other kinds of festivals coming up. And the number of people who've had festival sex, you want to stay tuned for that and how you do it, as well as which travel toothbrush, the electric toothbrush, doubles as a vibrator. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Why you should try erotic massage. She says to the guy who's in his RV and about to do a road trip. Yep. Why you should try try erotic massage. And uh, I have just done an interview with Jasmine, world-renowned erotic masseuse. Nice. Uh, The best sex blankets. Sex in every decade, and I have alliterations for all of those, which is very cool. Okay. And, and I have we have a real question from somebody. Yay! What to do with my condom breaks? And and I have a little bit of stuff on how to get a bigger penis. Thank, Thank goodness. God. So that's all coming <laughs> up. So stick with us. Turned on the podcast. Turnedonpodcast.com. Let's get to it. So you piqued my interest right off the bat because it is, it's festival season, no matter where you're listening, it's festival season. All the big bands are on tour and I'd never even considered, but yeah, there's probably sex going on at these festivals. Too. Well, I was at one over the weekend on the Jersey Shore, a place called Summer's Point, where I saw Martin Barr and some of the Jethro Tull people. Cool kicking it up on the beach it was epic now they say that the number of people who have had festival sex sex intent is a solid 39.6 40 percent of people have had sex at a festival now I, I didn't get any on the beach i got some little bit at the airbnb later but i didn't get <laughs> stuff but they say 55 percent of those under 34 and 13 percent of those over 55 so it really is you know you, you under under but and 47% of men versus 30% of women have gotten it on. Festivals festivals are like big playgrounds for adults. And I certainly sure as hell wouldn't do it in the porta potty, but maybe no. in the dark. I've seen them squished up against at concerts, short skirt, no underwear. That's been a thing. I certainly have heard of that. Hands just a groping. I have seen, um, and even, you know, if you've got a partner sort of doing that you're leaned up against the you know the fence to keep you from you know keep you from you know attacking the band i don't know now when we talk festival sex are we talking intercourse like penetration or are we talking like rubbing i think a lot of these people are are you know at at property or some of the big huge festivals where they have tents and you're you know you saw you know okay yeah yeah bridget the second bridget jones where she's getting it on this where she apparently got knocked up with you know McDreamy. Yes. I was I wasn't thinking of some of those festivals where it's actually like a whole weekend of camping with tents and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, if, if you want yeah, to do yeah. that, that's what happens. So how many of you got festival sex? But I'm thinking, yes, if the crowds are big enough, we got the Foo Fighters coming. There's gonna be oh piles of people and it's gonna be dark. And if you're and, and 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 yeah, Robert Plant, Alison Krauss, you know, if you're if you get so many people, it's dark, you have a short skirt. Lots of lube, no underwear. You're turned on. Somebody has their their you know their fly unzipped. I can see how it could happen. You could conceive right there. Yeah, we're just gonna sit on a Robert blanket, yeah. you know, and have watch another Dave blanket, Grohl, and have Plant. another blanket covering you. Sit on my lap. Exactly. We'll just bounce to the music. music. You got it. Play Boom, everlong. <laughs> you have it. I'm so excited. So okay. uh, that is festival sex. And keeping with that, there was news about a travel to. 
toothbrush. High powered, brings on orgasms. So people are like, I'm in love with my travel toothbrush. It both ends work. <laughs> I have yet to set up the bathroom for the RV and I'm going on a road trip this weekend. So what am I looking for? What am I looking for? It's something called Quip. It apparently beats Quip. the hair covered toothbrush that's been in your gym bag for the last two and a half years. I find that hard to believe. Uh, yeah, but it is it is electric. So you use the bottom of the electric toothbrush, not the part you put in your mouth. Right. And again, it vibrates to such a frequency that everybody's saying it works. So you don't have to be embarrassed by traveling through and somebody going, you know, I had this big Jamaican woman when I went to Hito one time and going, what is this? It's a sex toy. And she drops it. And okay, that's enough of you. You know, so you don't have that experience. You just have, it's my travel toothbrush. What are you talking about? Right? It just, it's not it's, that the border people haven't seen sex toys before. I'm sure they have. And they probably don't even blink. We're, we're, we're more squeamish about that than they nah, are. I'm not. I'm like, I pack it right on but top. I, please, I, please, please open it in front of everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shocking to no one who knows Sue McGarvey. I love the idea of just, you know, the, the discreetness of that. I think it's good. Yeah. Quip, quip, travel quip. toothbrush. Yes, we need to have one. Mm. They need to sponsor us too, goddammit. And we'll find out what kind of travel tooth. Have you ever reached orgasm with your travel toothbrush? Ooh, 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 please write us. Sue at sexwithsue.com. That would be epic. I can hear my in-laws now. John's certainly brushing his teeth an awful lot. Is everything okay? <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Erotic massage, Sue. Yes. And why you should try one. It's very exciting. So I interviewed Pauline, who does prostate massage, and apparently she's world-renowned. And if you uh, join the Ducklings, we're the ducklings.com, I will send you that link. But we have, because it's always part of the whole thing. And I'm going to get a clip for us. But why you should try an erotic massage, stress, relaxation, it brings out your senses. It's about smell and feel and taste. But it's it's really, it's they call it Jack Shacks in the States. Happy endings, rub and tugs. You get okay. the drift. Yep. Why you should. And apparently, clients who want to stay um, more connected with their partner are the ones who are most likely to use it. And I went, huh? I know I send um, any of my clients who have ill partners, whose you know partners got breast cancer or MS, and I'm like, they want to be a stand-up partner, but they want to explode because they need somebody to touch it. I'm like, go get a massage. These women usually have really strong hands. Their massage is good, and you get a release. So when I was in Europe, when I was in the even the hair salons, that if you rolled over with an erection, they would think nothing of it, of just giving you a happy ending, because it's very European of them, very French, very, you know. And when we come back here, it's gobstopping that that happens. However, they're on most street corners. <laughs> yes, they yes. are. If you've ever seen one that's Asian, guaranteed they offer. And, you know, the trick is, do they have a top sheet? You know, if they have if you have a bottom sheet, that's normal. But if they have a top sheet, they're a red, usually a registered massage therapist because they cover you up the parts that they're not working on. If I... there is no top sheet... You know, you're going to wonder whether or not this is a happy ending. See, I always just went on the assumption that if you can't get a receipt for this massage and claim it on your your, your benefits, it's probably not a... Um, legitimate thing. Uh, well, I don't want to say legitimate because, you know... Some all, of them are. They're there, are some, there, are, there are some... Yeah, some, it, some... It, it's not a doctor prescribed, shall yes, we say. Yes, yes. Um, massage. Yeah. It's for more for... So relaxation... 
and that's sometimes a relaxation massage, but the spas will train their estheticians to do relaxation massage and guarantee, and they don't give receipts, and guarantee they don't do happy endings. So it's about erotic massage. It is realizing that it's relaxed, it's just touch, and that touch when you're stimulated can cause you know the ejaculation, and it's just like, oh my God, that felt so good. If they're doing it specifically to turn you on, as I said, I have a friend, Jasmine, who uh, if you're local and you want her name... <laughs> Send me a note. I will refer you because she is amazing. She's not cheap. You know, you're $200 for the session. But it is a full 90 minutes of outstanding massage. And she is going to torment you and then give you a release. And it is done in a very, <laughs> like her very, very elegant home. It's, you know, she's beautiful. She should probably do it topless if you asked. You know, it's a lovely experience. And I think that for some people who want to know about it, it's. I think it's a harmless pleasure. And if they were only 10 bucks, I think people should go all the time on their way home from work and just come home in a happier mood. I mean, people's time is worth money and, and you know, they, they cost what they cost. But I mean, this is so commonplace. Let's go back to when was Friends... Like on the air, big '90s thing, wasn't early it? to mid '90s, yes, right? I was gonna say, and yeah. Phoebe Buffay, her character, she was a favorite. masseuse. I run like and Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a lot like. Yes, I can see a lot of Phoebe in you. Um, but there, you know, she was a masseuse, and there were often episodes where, you know, she would be, "No, we're not that kind of place." Yes, right? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So, I mean, this is not a new thing, and I've been to some of them, and they are—they're a fantastic escape. Um, it's exotic. It smells good. You get a little time in the shower, you know, and mm -hmm. yeah. And it's something you do just for yourself. And if you don't have Undivided a lot of... Undivided attention of a very beautiful and attractive attendant. Yes. If you yeah. don't have a lot of vices, if you're not a smoker, you're not a drinker, you're not, you know, spending your money on internet gambling, this may be something, you know, as you, you know, as you really want the experience, what's the difference in fairness between, you know, you know, just, you know, working on the muscles, but a lot of these women can give you a really good massage. And the only difference is you happen to ejaculate at the end of it. Or if you're a woman, and Oopsie. I don't know, yeah, marry many women that, you know, that got, but they can, you can do vulva or what they call yawny massage. Yeah. And it is, I, when I was at Desire, they have a woman in Cancun who charges 500 US for her sessions. Wow. And she will do yawny massage and pretty much guarantee that she will have you orgasming. So I've had sponsors on my radio show, by the way, who are exactly that. They're an exotic, erotic massage place. Uh, and they are very specific in their marketing that they, yes, men by and large are their customer, uh, but couples as well. And they absolutely have a couple of men who will serve women, but a lot of women serving women too. So there's a whole bunch of opportunities to live out a bunch of fantasies. Yeah. And keeping with that, I have, a, I have a couple of people that I know that I refer for my women who are the 40-year-old virgins, and I have a few. And awesome. I send them the guys who I know are going to handle it well. I keep telling them that there's their retirement business. And you'd think that there isn't, but there is. And then I have a whole bunch of guys going, Sue, I want to be the one you recommend to your clients who, uh, who are you know, 40-year-old virgins or, you know, Catholic girls that didn't get a lot of sex and now want to uh, find a gigolo, uh, there's work for it. Not, a, not as much as for women, but there really is some. And we've talked about that before on the show and how you can, uh, you know, if you're a guy and you want to make it in the sex working, you use your voice. 
But, you know, you know, erotic stories. Remember we talked about that? But in did the I mention that I wrote my first piece of erotica? I did not, but I can't wait to read it. I, Let's get Pervy Book Club. Oh, you're going to get Pervy Book Club. Okay. You prefer that, that our audience read it then as opposed to me? No, I want you to say it, to but I want to. All right. Read, read a little bit. What do you have, some? Here now? Right now. How about, how about for a happy ending on the podcast? Happy ending on the podcast. Right, stay tuned. We'll give you a little taste coming up. Mwah. We have a listener letter. All right. <laughs> and uh, they were like, Sue, what do I do if the condom breaks? It kind of happened. It wasn't quite a full blowout, but it was pretty damn close. Yikes. Yikes is right. So A, if that is your type of only type of birth control, I'll give you a smack up the back of the head because it's, it fails 10% of the time. And that means 100 women in the course of a year, 10 of them are going to get pregnant. Those mm. are those They call those people daddy. So you want to, uh, you want, you know, it's better than nothing, but it's not enough. So what are the suggestions? I like the copper IUD because it's idiot proof. It, it goes in. It's not non-hormonal. I, I know there are pain. Once you put them in, you've got them for five years. You don't have to worry about them. If you think you're going to get pregnant within that five years, I love the diaphragm. So condom and diaphragm work like crazy. It covers the cervix. I've got my little clitoris out. This isn't a vulva or a, clit- or a cervix. But anyway, it covers it like a little thing. And then you have a sort of condom over there. That works. So, By the way, you- nothing, nothing is more effective on an audio podcast than a visual prop. And a visual prop of me showing you my we're clitoris. On U- we're, we are on YouTube, folks. So if you go to Turned On Podcast, you can actually see, see the visual. Actually see me touching my clitoris. Right. Anyway, it, it <laughs> yes. talks about that. If you are worried about STIs, which you should be if you're concerned about it, For sure. antibiotics will kill 80% of what's going on. Okay, so you then you have to worry about your four H's, which are the four non-curable. Hepatitis, which you right. can get immunized for. Um, herpes, which you can't, and you have to see them in bright light. HIV, which you can't, which you can only get from intercourse, mm. right? And HPV, which you can get immunized for. So take two of them off the off the table by getting immunized for it, and the other two for anything like the clap, which people wondered what it is. It's basically gonorrhea That's or, the or thing chlamydia. That turns the lights on and off. Yeah, isn't it? no gonorrhea, chlamydia. Oh, it is killed by antibiotics. Get some antibiotics. Ask your doctor. Say you've had ticks. Whatever. Get yourself some <laughs> extra antibiotics. And if the or just, or breaks, just be honest take with your doctor because that's what they're there for. I know, but some of them won't give it to you. Oh. So if they oh. won't, if they will be okay. honest, start with honesty. If not, say yeah, I had some tick exposure, and get some ah. antibiotics and keep them. If the condom breaks three days, it'll kill the good, the bad, and the in-between bacteria. Right. So between all of that, it will get you some backup. So you should have backup birth control. I like the copper IUD or the diaphragm. It's called the Kaya diaphragm. C A Y A. Google it. And or you need to do that. So that's what I work on. It's a very common question. It happens. A little bit of lube inside the condom will help. Make sure you hold on to the bottom of it will help. Don't use, you know, you know, oil and latex condoms. It tends to lead to breakage. You've got a plan. That's it. Those are good choices. The follow-up question with that was, Sue, how do I get a bigger penis? <laughs> How, how do I, Sue? Well, there's a couple of things. There's this, oh my God, there's this jaw-dropping article about these implants that they're doing. Apparently it's covered by the FDA, but scary New Yorker article if you're thinking about actually having implants. Versus what I like 
is we had the dick doctor. Remember we had the dick doctor right. on? And, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Bill, the dick doctor, everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, he does. He can't make it longer, but, but certainly adds girth. But he can make it wider girth. and he's filler. That's a great interview, by the way. Go back and listen oh, to that. Oh, man. On, oh, he's, he's so cool. Ago, yeah, he's, he's uh, Dr. Bill Moore from Texas. He has this Houston clinic and he has this secret. It's like, and everybody's apparently, there's all this espionage trying to find his secrets because he has certain spots. He spent $50,000 on his own dick. And, you know, versus experimenting on other people, he found it on his own about what happens and where you put it so that it's not basically lymph in the penis will get rid of it within a month or you have some secret spots that continue it for five years. Wow. So given the fact that it's over 10 grand U.S., you want it to last for the five years, but apparently it is a thud when you roll over in bed. Uh, his description of that uh, has stuck with me and will stick with me until my dying day. Yes. <laughs> so those are the two questions that we got. Thank you so much. Um, the initial was P. So thank you, P, for <laughs> telling us about your, you know, your penis and your uh, your concern about the condom breaking. Bring on the questions. Sue at sexwithsue.com. Reminds me, Sue, of an old easy listening station. Their slogan was the music of your life. It's time now for the best sex of your life with Sue McGarvey. I think it's it's like the Sesame Street. This is your life. You started as a little acorn and now you're a big tree. <laughs> but it depends. You had to go and make it weird. I'd, okay, I had to make it weird. That's my job. All right. Sex in your 20s, though. And ha here, I just need you to appreciate the alliterations because it's explore. Ed, you know, educate, experiment, finding out those things. I always say it's it's uh, the or the three eyes. If you're under twenty, immune, infertile, and immortal, because you believe that nothing's <laughs> yeah. going to happen to you, yeah. and you're not going to get her pregnant, and doesn't matter who all the right. dumb shit you do. But in this case, those are the three eyes. These are the three E's: explore, educate, experiment. Your job is to try all kinds of weird shit and see what you like and what you don't like. Try it once, see what happens. You do that, yes. Yes, yes, you know, with a bunch of consent, but that's your job. Yes. Under under 30, your job is to explore, experiment, kick some tires, figure it out. Figure out what you like, what you don't like, and uh, you know, don't be afraid to try some. Don't be, you know, thinking, oh, I need to save myself, you know, because anybody I know who's done that, it really regrets it. And you all want to have all of these experiences by the time you hit your 30s, which is about contraception, conception, because people are trying to either get knocked up or prevent getting knocked right. up, coupling, okay. right? That this yeah. is the time that you connect. This is the time that you find your people or your person or your community, all C words. You're right. When you're in your 30s, like even in your early 30s, you're looking at your friends going, they all got married around 25, 26. And they're all popping them out. That's, yeah, what's my deal? Right. Yeah, or at the very least, you're finding a person or you're deciding that you want to be single for the rest of your life. But usually it's about coupling and deciding about monogamy, non-monogamy. How does that work for right. you? And are you doing this? Right. But at the very least, it's often about pregnancy or preventing pregnancy because right. those are those big decisions. Your 40s. It's all about hormones because you start hitting that like it's hitting a wall. And it's like it feels like puberty. It feels like puberty when you hit a wall at puberty and you're like, oh, my God, I'm the sex fiend. Versus the same thing happened in your 40s where your your ovaries are doing their last hurrah trying to knock you up or you're, you know, you're still doing that piece around getting horny. You still are horny in your 40s. 
and you're trying the hedonistic stuff. People think the swingers are like their 20s, sometimes over 35 when your kids are a little older, but you're not trying to conceive. Usually it's 35 and up, but the big swingers happen at 40. And I think a lot of that is, you know, people like me who in their 20s didn't really live that life, right? Didn't have the wild college experience and get all of that out of their system. By the time you're in your 40s, you're looking back, going, my 20s were 20 years ago. I need to get a little wild. Yep. This going is when you buy a convertible and late. get a younger mistress. Yes. But it's hedonistic. It's when you go out. It's when you try in the hot tub. It's when you, when forget the experimentation, it's deciding that you want to play and because you're realizing, oh my God, I may not be able to do this in 20 years. I better. And the other part of that too is obviously it's like, you know what? I know myself now. I like myself now. I'm comfortable in my own skin. That's something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to do it. And I don't have to answer to anybody, but in my 40s. Aim into that. Right? Yep, yep, yep. You come comfortable with your body. You know yep. your body. You know what works. You know what doesn't work. It's just, it's brilliant. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You uh, Ideally not worrying about contraception and all of that stuff. Or what so. mom and dad think. Or what mom and dad think. <laughs> have your own place. Even though I'm now in my 50s and I still... Worry about what mom and dad think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, meant to that. So your 50s, <laughs> your 50s, here's the O alliteration. It's okay. oral because it may not be working as much. So you better pack a lunch and get better at, oh. at you know, at, at doing some... Uh, some nibbling, sucking, licking, all of that piece. I know you've been doing it, but it's even more because erections are hit and miss. And it is, sometimes there's lots of vaginal dryness. So intercourse is less of a thing, but orgasm is still a big thing. It's other kinds of sex. It's other kinds of stimulation. It's different kinds of petting and that making out may be enough in your 50s or mutual masturbation, any kind of other that works. And something called the O-Nut, O-H-U-N-T, it is basically a doorstop. It's You may not because what happens with women in their 50s is they start having a little bit of prolapse. It's It's just a little tender because... You know, things are, you know how you sort of start to sink a little bit? You know, you get droopy, your face gets droopy. Well, think of it as as your internal organs get a little bit droopy. And if you sink it to the nuts, it hurts. So you end up with this doorstop or rings that prevent full penetration. So you just put the tip in kind of stuff. So Okay. So that is something that happens in your 50s. And 60s mm. and beyond is the S alliteration, stimulation, sex pills, silly. It is no longer about boom chicka boom it is about how do we make this fun what's stimulating for you what's stimulating for me and let's just ha- let's just how can play. we embarrass our kids who are yeah, now yeah, in yeah, their yeah, 20s yeah 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 <laughs> amen to that or 30s yeah. oh my god please please stop the doing grandkids it. how could yeah how uncomfortable <laughs> can we make the grandkids yeah not only are your parents having sex but your your grandparents are having sex Ooh, i know that's what we're doing so it's sex at different stages Figure out where you are and what you can do to do it because it doesn't, what I do know about sex in the long run is is that it doesn't stay the same. You think it's going to be the same, but it doesn't. And there are things like menopause and hormone challenges and breast cancer and prostate issues and erection problems. And it's not going to stay the same. So you better have a repertoire because it it works at different stages of your life. And it all goes by... So unbelievably quickly. I know. So, we're still we're still twenty five, you and I. I know. I it, wish. I know, but I feel I, t- I don't know. I feel twenty five. I don't know about you. I listen, I, I still got a lot of stuff I want to get done, but and this is my point is if you still can, do. So 
it's still a yes for me to read some of the erotica that I wrote I, in this I podcast? I think you need to do your very right. breathiest of voice and uh, and you know do that whole you know let's let's do the the panty moisting thing that All you right. do. All right, I will get All your right. panties moist. In, in the meantime, moments. let's talk about the best sex blankets. <laughs> Look how you just move on. I know. <laughs> oh, John's doing his thing. Sticky again. bed sheets. That's a nine. Apparently, the best one. Do you know what it's called? It's called Banana Passion. <laughs> It's a lovely name for a sex blanket. Banana passion. Banana passion sex okay. blanket. Okay. I know a couple who work, who are in the lifestyle, who have a lifestyle, you know, just discussion group, et cetera, and they they travel around talking about the lifestyle, and they make all of their money selling sex blankets. Yep. Yep. It's a thing. So, it's if you're a squirter, you're period, you've got lots of lube, you've got a guy who's you know doing lots of sticky. These are water resilient blankets and resistance that you put down before sex. Some of them are soft and fluffy. Some of them are cooler. Some of them help with anal sex because that can get a little messy. And they're washable, blah, blah, blah. And why sex blankets are a thing. I don't know why they don't give them out on airplanes or trains or millions and automobiles. But <laughs> Well, yeah, because? Because they're not trying to encourage that. Right. But if you're in and the then, market. Do you, want to be the, do you want to be the airline attendant who has to clean that blanket later? No. No, right. I really don't. Right. Okay. I just wanted to tell people that it is, I just love the name, the Banana Passion Sex Blanket. And I just thought, you know. we. Need I just it. hope there's one with pineapple in it. Uh, but, yep, there it is, the pineapple <laughs> one. Well, just in case people are... The whole blanket are, just works upside down. Looking for fun things to do <laughs> and fun things to have. I haven't come up with, you know, the five new things because a lot of the same stuff, but they have some new stuff coming out on Pink Cherry next month. But in the meantime, uh, try Hey, Pink this. Cherry, why are you not a sponsor on this podcast? We love you. We'll send it to them this week. Yes, So please, please be a sponsor or send us an email, sue at com. We're happy to talk about you. We'd like to talk about you more. You're fantastic, Pink Cherry. Do they sell sex blankets? They do. <laughs> there you go. It's turnedonpodcast.com. She's Sue McGarvey. I'm John Milkey. And you've been naughty. So uh, you've earned yourself uh, my first erotica that I've ever written. And I will read that to you next here on Turned On The Podcast. <sighs> They had been with other couples before. Sharing the bed with two others was something they were quite used to doing. It was such a turn-on for each of them to be with another while still being there with each other. Even when one of their invited guests would need to take a break, it was always four people in the room. It was always steamy and always something that they'd replay again and again, often recounting the events as they fucked each other, just them, alone. Swinging had been his idea. Initially, she dismissed it, until a trip to Vegas for a weekend put her in the mood to venture out to a club. They both made sure to be wearing something comfortable, yet obviously sexy, both agreeing that nothing would happen unless conversations were had and express permission was given. Truthfully, though, both knew that their first time in this type of setting together was purely exploratory. Now, the club was quieter than they had imagined. Much, much quieter. Two couples were making out together in the hot tub, which they could see out of the corner of their eye in a distance. But otherwise, they were very much on their own. The excitement, though, of the environment they were in was undeniable, and it was having an effect on him and on her. 
Holding hands, they made their way down the hall to see what else this club had to offer. Before long, they found themselves in a room filled with people. There was a party going on after all, and it was happening in a BDSM theme room. The lights were dim, the air had a captivating smell to it, and up on a riser in the corner was a tall, very attractive, very fit, and incredibly well-endowed man, his wrists and ankles bound to a cross. A long-haired, curvy, and stunningly gorgeous Asian woman, dressed in shiny, stretched black vinyl and thigh-high boots, was masterfully exciting his dick with a leather flogger. Every flick made him grow harder and harder, and every motion, every sound, every nuance of this scene was confirming to them that going to this club on this night was exactly what they needed. Well, as she continued to watch this magnificent scene, she leaned into her husband's ear and said softly, If this is what you have been trying to get me to understand about BDSM, I get it now. This is driving me wild. Oh, it is, he replied in his usual deep, thundering voice, his words making her even more wet, and she knew she needed to get him alone. She took his hand once again and continued to make their way through the maze of people, looking for whatever offering this club had for them next. Just down the hall was a large room. It was decorated very simply, soft colors and relaxing textures, including a circular area with soft cushions for sitting along the outside perimeter and another on the inside. Pulling his lips to hers, she began to kiss him excitedly, pushing her throbbing pussy into him just to let him know that his desire for them to explore this lifestyle was very much to her liking. As the kissing got more passionate, they quickly found themselves on the outside perimeter, groping at each other. He read every sign she was giving him perfectly, and before long, his hand was between her legs and inside her now soaking wet slit. Her body shuddered and shook at every touch. She reached down, grabbed his hand, and pulled him in deeper and deeper. Out of the corner of his eye, he noticed they were being watched. A man had sat down on the inside ring and was enjoying the spectacle happening in front of him. There's someone here, he whispered to his wife. Are you okay, or did you want to go somewhere else? I love it, she squealed. I fucking love that he's watching me. Well, before long, the stranger was stroking his cock as he watched these newbies go at each other like never before. <sighs> he just came, she said as she bit the collar on her husband's shirt as he continued fingering her. He was watching us. We made him come. Her excitement was like nothing her husband had ever witnessed from her before. Needing a mutual release, they found their way to a private room where they fucked until they were each so drained they just couldn't take any more. A short time later, they were in a cab, heading back to the hotel, neither wanting to say much with a cab driver in the car. Well, suddenly the awkward silence was broken. That's a good club, the driver said. 
but I can take you to a private party not far from here that's even better. The couple looked at each other, each knowing what the other was thinking, that this had been their first time, and that despite not having met another couple, they had dipped their toes into something very good, but it was best to have a conversation first before heading out on their next adventure. Thanks, he said, but I think we're just going to go back to the hotel, have a drink, and unwind. Of course, the driver said, handing him her business card. When you're ready for a real party, though, you call me directly, and I'll take you exactly where you need to be. Several weeks went by, and about as many conversations about the events in Vegas took place. The next question was not, would we do it again, but rather, with who? And how do we even begin meeting other couples? Google searches turned up a few local clubs. Occasionally, they'd attend, but nothing they were finding was appealing to them. They also felt that clubs were way too public. They wanted something much more private. I have a couple who would like to meet you, he proudly announced one day. She seems quite interested in me, and I'd love for you to meet them and see if there's any chemistry. After some conversation and some thought, she agreed. Dinner was lovely, and the conversation went well into the night, but never once was there any expression of interest on the part of either couple. Still, though, it was exciting for them to know that another couple were aware of them, and it felt good to have been open to the possibility. Several days later, the wife called. I have a friend who I think you guys would really hit it off with. Would you be interested in joining them for dinner on Saturday? A blind date? With another couple? Now, that was new to them, but the answer was yes. Saturday came, and the two couples met at a restaurant. The conversations flowed easily and naturally, and before long, each found themselves touching the other partner casually and naturally, but obviously with absolute intent. We, um, we have a room in the hotel next door, he said. Care to join us? Well, that sounds great, the husband replied, and the four of them made their way there, laughing and enjoying the conversation as they walked. Once in the room and with a drink in their hands, they found themselves sitting together on the couch, all four of them, cozy to say the least. The new couple were obviously much more experienced, and they could tell. With absolute confidence, they began to lead the rest of the night. Hand-touching on the couch led to caressing of inner thighs. We're enjoying this, they announced. However, you seem very shy. We just want you to know that we can go at whatever pace makes you guys comfortable. Oh, it's fine, the wife replied. We've only ever been to one club, though, and this is all still quite new to us. Oh, a club, the other wife replied. Tell us about it. Once the story got to the part about being watched, the hosts became quite intrigued. Would you like us to watch you? The husband asked as he and his wife made their way to the edge of their bed, facing their new, lesser experienced friends as they sat cuddled on the couch. Without saying a word, they were kissing. And before long, his hand once again was making its way up her thigh, finding a very hungry and soaking wet pussy. Yes, she exclaimed, I want it. 
Almost forgetting that their hosts were there, they devoured each other, getting lost in the heat and the passion, and finding themselves making their way to the bed, soon to be joined by their new friends. Making love to each other at first, and then, quite naturally, each finding themselves with the other's partner. The excitement level mounting with every thrust, and with every lick, and every kiss. They looked at each other, locking eyes, knowing that each was quite all right with everything that was happening. This felt good. So good that they all agreed to get together again the following week. We really enjoyed our time with you guys, the more experienced woman told them after yet another rendezvous. We're hosting a party for a few friends next month, and we'd really love for you to be there. Unclear that this meant that they were now part of a private group of swingers, that became quite clear the night of the party. Please, she said, I'm not sure I'm ready for how crazy this night could get. Can you make sure you're with me at all times? I don't want us to be too far apart. He agreed, of course, and stayed with her for the rest of the night, each playing with others and playing together, but at all times playing in the same bed. Thank you, she said to him the next morning. I just wasn't ready to be alone with someone else. I understand, he assured her. Besides, I quite enjoy being there and watching you. And I do love you watching me, she acknowledged. It makes me feel safe, just knowing that you're there. A short time later, she announced to her husband that they had been invited to an event by someone they had met during that last night out, and they agreed to attend. Arriving at the residence that night, they were greeted at the door by a familiar face. Oh, it's good to see you again, the husband announced. It's good to see you both again, too, the man replied, as he showed them to the living room and invited them to have a seat while he prepared some drinks. Will you excuse us for just a moment, the wife asked. Of course, the host replied. Is there somewhere my husband and I can talk for a few minutes in private? The host led them down the hall, opened the door to his study and said, take all the time you need. The moment the door closed, the husband looked at her, wondering if everything was okay. Everything's fine, she assured him. I'm so happy we're here. Seconds later, she was on her knees before him and unzipping his pants. Holy fuck, the husband squealed. We're barely in the door and haven't even had a drink yet, and you're already all horned up and ready to go. This is not that, she replied sternly, but with a playful look in her eyes. Put this on. And she presented him with a plastic penis-shaped device with a lock on it. What the fuck? Put it on, she said again. Now. Fighting back his urge to explode on the spot, he began fumbling with the device in an effort to do as he'd been instructed. Do I really have to do everything for you, she huffed. Slowly pushing a ring around the backside of his sack, she looked up at him and said, You wanted this. Remember that. Gently, she attached a piece to the back of the ring before sliding the final piece over his shaft and pushing it up to the ring. Click. She had put a lock through the device and instructed him to pull his pants back up and follow her back to the living room. Still stunned, he did as he was told, 
Your gin and tonic, the host said as he presented him with a glass. Uh, thank you, the husband replied. Uh, by the way, I-, I haven't seen your lovely wife yet. Well, she's out with her boyfriend tonight, the man said matter-of-factly. She will not be joining us. At that moment, the man's wife and their host locked eyes and then locked lips. She gazed back at her husband, waiting for that moment where he would clue in to what was about to happen. Sit down, she told him. Get undressed and sit down. Hesitating for a moment, still trying to understand his surroundings, he ultimately did, as he was told, realizing in that moment that she was wearing a dress he had once told her he'd always imagined fucking her in while she wore it. Their host put his arms around her, lifting her skirt up just enough to reveal that she was in stockings and garters, something he always hoped she'd wear for him, but had not. Until now. All of this, he quickly realized, was for him. She was about to put on a show. And he watched with great curiosity as the two people before him got more and more undressed and more and more into each other's bodies. The excitement made him sit up. You do not move from that seat, she told him. And you don't touch yourself either. As her words left her lips, her lover gently lowered her to the ottoman just inches from where her husband sat, his cock throbbing inside his new plastic home, unable to get hard. She let out an incredible moan, her eyes connecting with his as their host began rubbing his hard cock along her slit. Oh, mm, yes, she said. At least one of you can fuck me tonight. The husband gasped as he became more and more excited, watching his gorgeous wife being fucked from behind by another man. They were no longer sharing things equally. She was being shared, and he had no problem with it, watching every movement, taking in every sound, and taking great delight in his wife being pleasured. His cock now in excruciating pain from being locked up. He moaned as they moaned, and his hips began to move to their rhythm as he found himself suddenly imagining what must it be like to fuck his own wife. After what seemed like an eternity, their host pulled himself out of her, grabbed her long, soft hair in his right hand, and effortlessly positioned her before him. Instinctively, her mouth opened in anticipation of what was next. She giggled with excitement as he looked across to her husband and let his load explode all over her. As he did, the husband felt himself start to come. Despite being locked in chastity, he felt his juices splash down on his inner thigh and then trickle down his legs, his balls blue and tight from the cage. The sensation was like nothing he had ever experienced before, and he could not, for one moment, make any sense of it. Get your pants back on, she instructed him. It's time for us to go. She got herself put back together, looking every bit as stunning as when they had left their house, and kissed their host goodbye, looking deep into her husband's eyes as she did. 
We'll have to do this again, she said. Agreed, replied the host as he closed the door behind them. Still in chastity as they drove home, she relentlessly moved her hand over his caged cock. Tugging it from side to side as she teased it was enough to make him come again. I'm glad you like being locked up so much, she told him, because you're going to be wearing this for some time. I told you, she added, I love to be watched. <laughs>